Listener Production. Please leave your message after the tone. Why am I jealous of my ex? I am so stressed all the time. How do I get into a routine? Is TikTok making me anxious? I think I'm being manipulated. Someone told me you could live with half a brain. This is Do You Fucking Mind? Mindset Hacks for a Badass Life. Hosted by me, Alexis Fernandez. Hello, my beautiful beans, and welcome to the episode of today. So in today's episode, well, the title of the episode is Are You Getting Used to a Life You Don't Want? So pretty much what I'm going to aim to do in this entire episode, there's a lot. It's There's a lot going on, but I feel it's going to really help direct you in a place hopefully by the end of this episode, where you feel A, a lot more empowered with where you're headed with your life and B, like you have more control and C, like you're in a position where you're able to identify what it is that you're not happy about and why you feel that you are stuck in this way and what you can do to change it. Because I think for a lot of people, you're kind of on autopilot for a while. You're kind of cruising along through life on autopilot. And then you think, wait a minute, if I was to really crack everything open and assess my life, this is not the life I want. This is not the life I dreamt up for myself. When I was, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, whenever it was, and I was dreaming up what I wanted to have as my life, this ain't it. So why is that? And then another reason why I say we're on autopilot is because when we do slip into these patterns where we're not truly satisfied with our life or the direction of where our life is headed, we then, instead of nipping it in the bud or addressing it, if we feel, for example, if we feel trapped, so it's not something that we feel we can change and we feel like, well, this is the the hand I've been dealt, then we slip into these kind of distracting or pacifying behaviors. So we don't really have to deal with the things we don't like in our life head on. It's kind of like this is operating in the background and I'm kind of like brushing it under the rug, but I'm really not actually addressing it, but I'm distracting myself. So I'm enjoying these quick moments here, there, here, there, enjoying, enjoying, this is fun, but I'm not really dealing with the issue. And then if I look at my life as a whole, I'm actually not living the life that I want to be living. So yeah, and then you and then basically like the title of this episode says, then you end up getting used to living a life that you don't want. And the issue with this is if you're not addressing it in a couple of years time, you'll look back and be like, I was in this same position five years ago. I was in this position 10 years ago. So what I'm going to be doing for this episode is I'm going to be going through a whole bunch of things. I'm going to be talking about, we're going to be talking about why it is that you got in this position in the first place. I'm going to give you like six key reasons why you might be getting used to a life that you don't want and why you mightn't have changed it in the past. Because for the most part, you guys aren't idiots, right? Like I would imagine that the reason you're living a life that you don't want is not because you're like, oh, I could easily change it, but I don't. There's normally an underlying reason why you found yourself in this position. You're not just in general being complacent for no reason. I'm going to tell you what those reasons are. And it's going to be either one of the six or or all of the six. It could be a combination. Once you've identified what those six things are, I'm going to break them down and explain them. Then I'm going to talk about how to process why it is that you feel this way, because I want, you know, you can't change what you don't acknowledge. And then once we've identified it, I'm going to start giving you ways of looking at it and ways of thinking about it and ways of restructuring how you approach things. So by the end of the episode, you'll be able to be like, wow, okay, I feel a lot better about making some changes. I feel a lot less held down or controlled by the reasons as to why I haven't made changes in my life or as to why I haven't felt like I can make changes in my life. So that is what the episode is going to be about. Life update, 
Not too much other than uh, I. it's like a month and a bit until the end of the year. So probably I would imagine maybe in the next episode or two, I'm going to do an episode that's going to be all about like gearing up for the end of the year because I feel like... <laughs> myself included, a lot of us, when it's gearing up to the end of the year, it's kind of like, oh, fuck, it's a fucking free for all. It's, you know, it's pretty much holidays now, especially if you are, I think, you know, because in Australia, because a lot of my listeners are not in Australia, in Australia, you know, it's summer, it's hot. Most people are going away on holidays. School holidays go for like six or seven weeks, maybe even longer. So it's like, on top of the fact that it's Christmas, New Year's, you've also got everyone on holidays at summer. So it's, everyone's out Every single night, cocktails here, party there, Christmas. Blah, 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 blah. So it's kind of the end of the year is coming and you just got a little bit crazy and whatever. So you kind of write off the last four or five weeks of the year. A lot of people, a lot of people that have got their shit together might not. So I want to do this episode coming up and it's going to be around like how to still feel really good about the final month of the year, still get stuff done, not be too hard on yourself and find a really good balance of maximizing the fun, but also getting in a position where you still feel really good and not like you've just let everything go and, you know, regret it later. I also don't have a brain fact for today because I feel this episode is already going to be quite long. So stay tuned for the brain fact next week. But let's get straight into the episode of today. All right, so let's get into what it looks like. So are you getting used to a life you don't want? What does this kind of look like? What are signs that you might be slipping into this kind of pattern? So we can identify it now and it doesn't, you know, end up being another few years before you see it. So I'm going to give you a whole bunch of examples of what this could look like. So it could be living a life where you feel like you're living by someone else's standards of how life should be lived or living up to someone else's ideals. So a big example of this is doing what your parents think you should have done. Are you living a life where you feel that if you did exactly what you wanted to do instead of what you're doing now, it would disappoint other people? Um, Not knowing what it is that you want for yourself, but knowing it's not this and you're feeling lost and frustrated? Are you feeling like you've worked so hard for this life that you have now and it's actually not at all what you thought it would be but now you feel stuck and you feel like you can't go back. Like maybe you've just invested so much time and energy into this thing and now you've got it and you're like, I'm not happy. Does, is everyone miserable or am I just miserable? And now if I am miserable, I'm fucked because I'm stuck and what, what else am I going to do? Are you feeling trapped in a relationship, a job, a family scenario, situation, dynamic, friendship circle? Are you feeling trapped in a city, a location? Are you feeling like you're always looking for ways to pacify yourself as in like you get home and you're quickly on your phone and then you're on your phone for hours or you watch TV or you can't leave the house without, oh, where are my headphones? I've got to have music or a podcast or I've got to be speaking to someone. You just can't fathom the concept of just sitting with your own thoughts. You just pacify, pacify, distract, distract. Is that a habit? Is that a pattern? Or it could also feel like watching other people do what they've set out to do and watching them feel fulfilled And you sitting here feeling like this really harsh contrast between their life and your experience of life, okay? So those are all just some examples of what it could feel like where you're getting used to a life that you don't want. Now, the main thing that would contribute to this, I'm going to go through those six points that I was talking about. These are the main ones. So number one, fear. So you might be 
living this life out of fear of the unknown, fear of discomfort, fear that something's going to go wrong. The second one is indecisiveness, indecision. So it's where you're sitting in your potential, but you're not really knowing which road to go down. You're not particularly driven to one more than the other. You know, you have skills, you know, you have abilities, but you're kind of like, well, if I go down that path, is it going to close these doors here? So I don't want to risk closing these doors, so I'll sit back. But then if I go down that door, what, you know, so you're kind of like, uh, 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 it's like a paralysis via analysis kind of thing. And then you're just sitting here. I've got all this potential, but it's not being used. So it's kind of pointless. It's a bit redundant. The next one is sunk cost fallacy. I've got a whole episode on sunk cost fallacy. And that is um, where basically you continue to invest time, money or energy or something into a something that's already a loss. And that could be a relationship, a career that you hate, just because you've already spent time and energy into it. You think, well, if I walk away, then it's me admitting it's a loss. But if I stay here and keep investing, then the loss hasn't technically been realized, you know, even though the loss has already occurred. So that's the sunk cost fallacy. A lot of us stay in really, really unhelpful or unhealthy situations in our life because of this sunk cost fallacy. So check out that episode. It was a couple of weeks ago. The other one is expectations and feeling guilty. We get easily swayed, easily swayed based on other people's expectations on us and how guilty we feel about letting other people down. If you are someone that's always been a bit of a people pleaser or always, even if you're not a people pleaser at heart, if you're someone that's always just by default made your family proud and they are always like, you're so amazing, you're so this, you're so that, you're the, you kind of want to live up to that standard all the time. So then to think, oh, if I was to quit this thing or if I was to say, hey, guys, by the way, I'm not doing this anymore, I'm done, this is not me, and you know how much it would upset them, you might avoid doing that because you're like, I make my family so proud to turn around and do something different would break their heart or they wouldn't understand me. Or maybe you feel a sense of guilt because you're the only one in your family that's, you know, gone to uni and they're so proud of you and everyone talks about it and they just go on and you're like, oh my God, if I drop out now, they're going to be so upset because I was this, you know, talking point and it was whatever. Expectations, it's like how you live your life. If your parents live by a certain belief system or if your community or your family or your friendships, they expect you to live a certain way. And then if you were to break out of that and live in a completely different way or date someone who they don't want you dating or, you know, come out as gay or trans and your family can't handle it, you're like, do I just keep this to myself my whole life because I'm just going to, you know, there's all these expectations that I can't live up to. So that's another one. Then we've got imposter syndrome or feelings of inadequacy. So it's you yourself who's kind of like going round around being like, well, you can't do that. You can't do that. You're not going to be able to do that. You're going to fail at that. Everyone's going to find out that you're a fraud. Blah, 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 blah. So you're kind of, instead of doing something that you would like to do, you sit in a more safer quote unquote space where you're less likely to feel threatened by your own thoughts by their own demons in your own head. And then the last one, number six, is the fear of being alone. And this ties into issues with your relationship with yourself, with your self-love. So when you do fear being alone, you are more likely to end up in scenarios that might not actually be that beneficial to you. If you love being alone, then you're already a few steps ahead quite a few steps ahead, actually, especially when it comes to relationships and not just romantically, but all kinds of relationships. If you like being alone, then any relationship that you entertain 
in your life has to be as good as or better than you spending time by yourself. Okay. So if you hate being alone, you're going to be like, hey, does anyone want to hang out? Hey, hey, this part. Uh, uh, and you'll kind of, you take what you can get. If you're like, I'm the worst case scenario, then anything else is better than that. And you never want to be in that position. So if you're in a situation where you're like, all my relationships are really unhealthy, all my friends treat me like shit, they're not, I couldn't kind of actually call them friends. My partner, is awful to me and, I'm, and we're not, neither of us are happy in this relationship. I always have conflict. I blah, 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 blah. Why are you still in it? Is it, could it be because you are terrified of leaving these people and being alone? I think so many people would rather be, without analyzing it, they don't mean to, but based on their actions, they would rather be unhappy than alone. And I hear this all the time. People say to me, I'm, they describe their friendship group. They, these people say this to me and, they, and, you know, we'll have an argument and then we'll walk past each other in a shopping centre. They won't even look at me, but I'm supposed to be seeing them at so-and-so's engagement. Like the catty behaviour, like really, really childish, like so beyond comprehensible of what a, like a quote-unquote friend should do, right? And then afterwards they say, but I can't leave them because I would have no friends. Okay. Temporarily, you would have no friends. For a certain period of time, you might have no friends if these are your only friends. But you are preferring to hang out with people that actively treat you like shit over sitting in your own space and doing something productive or soothing or nice or calm or relaxing or fun or whatever with yourself and your own time. So when you really look at that, ask yourself, why? They're the six points. I'll quickly break them down again. So we've got fear of the unknown or discomfort, indecisiveness. This is where you're sitting in your potential. Then we've got the uh, sunk cost fallacy, uh, expectations and guilt uh, that are holding you back, imposter syndrome, feelings of inadequacy, and fear of being alone, which ties into problems with your own relationship with yourself. So what I want you to do is, firstly, if we want to be snapping out of this and you want to start steering yourself back, we're going to go through a set of like dot points that we're going to work through to start to feel a little bit more in control, a little bit more empowered over your own life situation and over your own circumstances. Because the number one thing, as always, with anything that I talk about is just identifying and acknowledging. If you can name it, you can tame it. If you are pushing it away, brushing it under the rug, avoiding, avoiding, you're never going to know what it is that you're up against. And because you don't know what it is that you're up against, you don't address it. You don't fight it. You don't tackle it. And it just exists there. Okay. So what I want you to do is to pull it out to the surface and be like, what am I working with? And identify it. So, and this is with any emotion, not just what I'm talking about today. This goes with any emotion that you feel in your life. It's always important to name it, to tame it. Okay. So the first thing I want you to do, number one, is I want you to identify which one of those things you felt was you. And it might be all of them, which is totally fine. It's actually, I would imagine that it's pretty, pretty rare that it's just one of those things, but it might be one, two, all of them. Okay. But really go through them and say, where do I see myself in this? And write it down if you can. I'm a huge fan of writing things down. Get a pen and paper or type it, I like pen and paper, old school vibes, and write that shit down. 
and then say how, like when you're writing it down, say for example, you're like, oh, for me, for sure, it's the expectations and guilt. And then write down, how has this impacted my life? If, if expectations and guilt are what's keeping me in a life that I don't actually want, how? So then you can say, well, my family has been, has always put the pressure that I have to always live in the same suburb, that family has to be close, family has to be close. And I do feel close to my family. I love them, but I've always dreamt of living overseas, but it would just kill my parents if I told them that I was doing a year abroad. Perfect. There you go. There's expectations. There's people putting expectations on how you should live your life and they're masking it with, but we love each other so much, despite the fact that humans you know, we're, we're, we have the right to experience and to go on adventure and whatever. So disregarding that, they're still putting expectations on you. A lot of the time when someone puts expectations on you, on you it's masked with, but I love you so much. This is because I love you. And I believe it. I do believe it's because they love you. It's got nothing to do with it, with it being malicious or not, but it's irrelevant. If something is holding you back when you are completely in your right to do something, then you should, you should analyze it in your head. Another example would be if it's the sunk cost fallacy. If you've worked four years at getting a degree and now you're working in that job and you're like, this is fucking bullshit. This lifestyle is bullshit. I actually would rather make less money and have more time. Like I'm stressed. I'm getting home at midnight. This job is awful. Yeah, it sounds really good on paper, but now that I'm doing it, it is so not worth it. But am I willing to give up the two years that I've done working in this industry plus or more, or it could be 10, whatever, plus the four years of studying? And not only am I willing to admit that I'm done with it, I have to admit and, and give it up, which is a huge task. I don't think I can bring myself to do that. And secondly, I then have to find an alternative. And then potentially it's more years of studying. Like what a waste. So then what do you do? You think I can make it work. Why don't I just smash up Monday to Friday and then just drag it out. And when the weekend comes, oh, I can breathe easy. I can let loose. I can just let my hair down and I could really experience life and party hard, you know. And that's what a lot of people end up doing. They live for the weekend because they're so unsatisfied with their life. So they're examples of what it is for you. So pause this if you want or do it after, but identify which one is me and how has it impacted my life or how has it manifested in this way. The next thing I want you to do is ask yourself, because we're all avoiding something. All of these things that I've said is an avoidance of something. You're either avoiding the unknown, you're avoiding letting someone down, you're avoiding feeling inadequate. You, everything is avoiding something, okay? So I want you to ask yourself for the second point is what is the worst case scenario of what it is that you are avoiding? Like if that thing that you're avoiding happened, what is the worst case scenario? Let's say you really let your parents down. What's the worst case scenario within the realm of possibility, like knowing your parents, knowing, you know, these people that you interact with, knowing how the world works within a realistic scenario, what's the worst case scenario? What would your parents say? What would, how would you feel if your relationship dissolved, if they didn't take you back, if you ended up moving overseas and it didn't work out? If you ended up moving overseas and you never got a job and you planned to be there for a year, but you lasted two months and then you had to return. If you quit this job, if you gave it all up and then you tried to take another job and were still unhappy and now you don't know where you want to go, but it's definitely not back to the, what is the worst case scenario? Okay. 
ask yourself, how much time could I potentially lose on this? How much money could I potentially lose? Who could I lose? What would it look like once the time and money has been lost? What if this you know, I lose this person, all of the above. Get really clear on what could actually happen and then ask yourself, now, what is the likelihood of that worst case scenario actually happening? Really, what's the likelihood? Because then you've got to factor in, like, am I, A, thinking of something that's really, really far-fetched and I'm just freaking out about this worst case scenario? Am I, B, thinking it's going to be that bad but not factoring in the fact that I do have a lot of fallback options for myself. I am quite resourceful. I really can bounce back. I've got a decent skill set. I'm employable. I, you know, if, if it all failed when I went overseas, I could stay with these people until, you know, there's all these things. So you ask yourself, what is the likelihood of, of it actually happening? And if it did happen, could you rebuild yourself or would you crumble? Okay. Because a lot of what stops us from living the life we want to live, experiencing the things we want to experience, taking the risks that we think are important to take, the thing that stops us is this anticipation of something bad happening. Like we, we worry so much about the bad thing happening and that actually stops us more so than the bad thing happening. Because when you get to a position where something doesn't work out, often it's not as bad as what you anticipated it to be because there's other things along the way, like you're actually taking action, you're working, one bad thing's happening, but another good thing's happening. You've met this person, you've experienced this thing, it's opened another door that you didn't see coming, all these things. So your anticipation is often the worst. So it's really good to identify it, name it, and then question it. And kind of, it's like you're, you're debating with yourself, really. Then the next thing I want you to say, this is where you start really painting a picture for yourself and getting really clear. If it wasn't for this thing that I'm avoiding, whatever it is, or the things that I'm avoiding, the belief, the feeling, the thing, what could I do with my time and with my life? What would my spare time look like? What would my social life look like? What would my home life, my health, my mental health, what would all of that look like if this thing could be changed? And this is where you start thinking, and I'm because it's different to saying, if you could have anything in the world, anything at all, what would it be? I'm saying, if this one thing were different, how would you proceed with your life? If your parents never judged you on anything and you never felt guilt at all about living up to people's expectations, what would you do tomorrow? If from, if you, like a genie had a bottle and was like, poof, okay, there's your dream. No one's ever going to have expectations of you. They're going to love everything that you do. What would you do tomorrow? So within the realm of what you are capable of doing, what would it be? If you never doubted your own abilities, what would you do? If you loved being alone, who would you hang out with? If you had no fear in saying I was wrong, that didn't work out for me, what would you give up? What would you be happy to quit? So that's what I mean by what would it look like? I'm talking about your life right now if this thing was changed. Write it all down and look at it and feel it. And then I want you to ask yourself, is it worth it? Is this avoidance worth it? Is my fear of being judged and the avoidance of being judged, is the life that I get from avoiding being judged worth it? Or would I rather be judged and risk having this kind of life? And only you can answer that question because you might genuinely be like, it's fucking worth it. I can't handle it. This is why I'm living the life I'm living. 
that's fine. But ask yourself these questions because sometimes when you really crack it open and ask yourself, you're like, honestly, I, I don't want to do this for the next two, five years, you know, whatever. I need to, changes need to be made. Then the next thing I want you to do is to think, when I talk about what would your life look like, I want you to start thinking broader than careers or relationships. I want you to now direct your focus to think about how you would feel on a day-to-day basis emotionally. How are you feeling emotionally? Okay. Most of the time when we fear loss or when we're thinking about a win We're thinking about these things in the future, these random things in the future, these things in the past. They're outside of the now, okay? They're all things that we're like hoping will happen or hoping won't happen. But the reason that you want all these things or that you're avoiding all these things is to feel a feeling that you want. You know, why do people want money and success and fame and all that kind of stuff? Like, why do you think it is? It's because they want to feel something. They want to feel, you know, good enough. They want to feel useful. They want to feel happy. They want to feel fulfilled. And whether those things will get you that or not, it's irrelevant. People think it's going to get them that. So I want you to also, in the process of still wanting to live a life with certain achievements and whatever, I think the underlying focus has to be my main aim is to feel peaceful inside, is to feel like I can just enjoy just being, you know, this idea of imagine if I could just wake up with energy, go outside not have anything distracting me, not have to listen to anything and just enjoy my morning, enjoy myself. You know, like what are these feelings? Do I want to feel excited more often? Do I want to feel joy more often? Do I want to feel useful more often? What's the feeling? Because it's all well and good to be like, well, I want to be an engineer. Okay. Why? Like, what is the feeling? And also, this feeling doesn't have to be something really like charitable or great. Oh my God, you're so selfless. No, be selfish. I don't care. Pick a feeling that you're like, fuck yes, I would love to feel that every single day. Even if it's over the shittiest, smallest thing. You don't have to tell anyone. Who cares if it's embarrassing? Who cares if it's the most insignificant thing that you think is shallow? I don't care. But what is the feeling that you want to feel on a day-to-day basis. Only you need to know the answer. So get really clear on what that looks like because the, the reason you want things is due to feelings, okay? People would rather, you know, when you don't look at the feeling, then you screw yourself over with your life experiences. People would rather be unhappy and in a relationship than alone. People would rather stay in something that they hate doing then admit that it doesn't work for them and cut their losses or say that they made a, made a wrong move or they made a bad decision. People would rather sit in their potential and not realise any of it than take a chance on something and risk failing at something. So basically people would rather sit in this limbo in their life then risk something because they're not focusing on the feeling, they're focusing on some outcome, some tangible outcome that's outside of the self. If you were to instead be like, but what do I want to feel? If I were to look back, if I, if I could fast forward to 30 years time and someone said, here's a pill that would take you back to when you were 20, 30, you know, that time in your life, would you do it differently? Would, you, would things change for you? And if the answer is yes, then this is your opportunity to start reassessing and start looking at, well, what is it that I want to start to, you know, on an emotional level, what do I want to achieve? The next thing is, which ties very closely into this, is this is where you can reassess your priorities because your current life right now, 
where you are right now, what you're doing on a day-to-day basis is a reflection of your priorities or of the things that you have prioritized. Nothing more than that. So what have you prioritized so far in your life? Is it having a work ethic and working like a dog? Is it your the opinions of those that are close to you, your family's opinions? Is it your morals, your belief systems? Is it your health, your finances, your possessions, your image and how people perceive you? What are they? And it's not hard to identify because you just have to look at your life and say, what's the most prominent thing about my life? If someone was to describe me in three words as to what I do or what I am like, kind of basically what they say would have a clear indication of what it is that I prioritize. If you're someone that's always, you know, eating well, training, exercising, meditating, doing all those things, people are probably going to say, wow, that's a really healthy person, right? Because you're always prioritizing your physical and mental health. If you're someone that's always at work, you know, before the boss is there, you leave after the boss, you're there no matter what, you're reliable, people can count on you at work no matter what, you'll probably prioritize being a hard worker, being known as a hard worker. Now look at these priorities and say, is that important enough? Because some of you are going to have your priorities set and they're going to be very good and you're going to be very happy with them. But it's still good to acknowledge it, to be like, yep, I'm on the right path. I'm happy with my priorities. This is good. Then a a, a population of you guys are going to look at it and be like, that's not what I want to be known for. That's not what I want to look back on and think, wow, that person really prioritized this thing that's not actually important at the end of the day. So look at your priorities. And think, because for me, one of my priorities that, so every time I'd come to the end of the year, I mean, I do it throughout the year as well, but every time I'd come to the end of the year, I would always, like most people, have like New Year's resolutions and set all these goals. And I, all my goals in the past used to be like measurable achievements, measurable achievements. I'm going to achieve this. I'm going to achieve that. I'm going to make sure that this is done by this time and blah, 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 blah. But they weren't really that exciting after a while because I'm like, well, you know, all these achievements are well and good but I also want to really enjoy the process. So then I started changing what it was that I wanted and they started becoming more like lifestyle goals that I would have. Like one thing I really decided is like, I want to feel really just optimistic about my day every time I wake up. You know, it's not to say that I have to feel great about the whole thing, but I want to feel like something good's going to happen today or this could be a good day or there's something that I can do that's going to make myself feel good this day. I want to have this spark inside me every day where I wake up and say, there's good in this day. I'm excited or I'm looking forward to it or I can do something about this. Another thing that I wanted is I want to have more peace of mind. How can I start letting go of things that really aren't that necessary to be like ruminating over? How can I start to minimize those things or address those things better? And then another thing is I want to feel just more balanced and organized. And when I started having those priorities, I started putting more of a focus on my internal happiness. And I started, and this is just in especially the last year, and I started feeling a whole lot more peaceful and calm. And I think if you make peace of mind a priority, that's my gift to you. I'll give you that one. You can take that one as your priority. Peace of mind. You'll feel a thousand times better because everything else is easier to to tackle head on or to, you know, achieve or to work towards when you have peace of mind. Okay. So peace of mind, feeling more balanced, all of these things, I feel like when I change my priorities to that, It didn't stop me from wanting to achieve things, 
On the contrary, it made achieving things, A, the journey there more enjoyable, and B, it made it in a way more achievable and in the things that didn't work out for me, it wasn't that bad. It kind of was like, oh, I thought it would be worse, but this thing hasn't worked out for me and I'm actually, I'm fine. I'm actually fine, like a bit bummed, but I'm good. You know, so that's what peace of mind gives you. It gives you more, more you feel more rounded, well-rounded, and that if something doesn't go well, you're like, that's not ideal, but overall I feel like I'm quite happy with my balanced life now. Now, one thing that I do want to say before we wrap up, there's two more points that I want to talk about. You feeling like this right now, this feeling of you getting used to a life that you don't want, you seeing the title of this episode and thinking, I'm going to listen to that episode, that is a fucking good thing that you can feel that way. because. The moment you identify it, the moment you see it, you've acknowledged it and you can do something about it. So if you right now are like, oh my God, I have been getting a used, to a li- used to a life I don't want. Good. That's amazing. You've taken that first step, which is I'm snapping out of this cycle or this trance and I'm acknowledging something that I'm glad I'm acknowledging now and not later on in, in my life, not a day later, not a year later, not a decade later. So you should feel happy that this one step is done. I'm, I'm happy for you that you are in this position because it's a position of identifying, okay? And you're not going to go back from here. You can't undo it. Once you've identified it, it's not, it can't be undone. And then you can start doing little, little changes. I'm not saying go quit your job right now, but I am saying what can you change to start feeling a little bit better and to start feeling like it's a life that you do want to have. And you're not sitting here complacent thinking, I can't change anything because you can. There's so much that you can change, even if it's in how you feel about your life. Now, the last thing that I want to say is I want you to stop using these pacifying behaviors that are delaying the inevitable. They're not going to go away. An unaddressed feeling is not going to eliminate itself. It's going to go somewhere else temporarily. It's going to go under the rug. It's going to be hidden under your distractions. It's going to be hidden under that really funny story that someone told you or something else that you're focusing on or the stress of your work. But it's just going somewhere else. It's not gone forever. And unsatisfied people, people that are not satisfied with themselves or with their life are always going to be distracting and pacifying. They never want to sit with their thoughts. They never want to sit with themselves because they're terrified of what's going to crop up. But the more, the more afraid you are of just sitting with your thoughts and not pacifying, the more you need to be doing it. Because the more you avoid it, the more you have been avoiding it in the past and the, the more is just here that's not been addressed. And then you'll notice the, the first time you do it, it's like, oh my God, it's an avalanche of feelings. This is really intense. Why has Alexis told me to do this? Hate her so much. And then you do it the second time and you're like, wow, that was bad, but not as bad as I thought it was. It was not as bad as last time, third time, fourth time, fifth time, until you get to a point where you're like, oh, there's just one or two thoughts here I need to address. Okay, good. It's not an avalanche anymore because you're doing it more often. Do you have to do it every single day? Not necessarily, but it's good to check in with yourself every single day and just to be like, right, what do I need? Am I good? Am I good? What's that niggling thing? What triggered that feeling? Was that phone call I had this morning? Okay, good. I can just name it, tame it, identify it. I'm aware of it. It's not now growing in the background. Okay. 
Now, another, like one of the main things of distracting yourself is make sure you're not living for some event or the weekend or that holiday because you could be wasting your life away living for these pockets of the year that add up to maybe not even two months out of 12, okay? If you're someone who's doing that, then you are definitely, you have definitely gotten used to a life that you don't want. So if you see I am someone who pacifies my shit by getting legless on the weekend, getting so fucked up that I, you know, so hung over the following days. I can't wait to let my hair down. Why is it that people get so crazy and drunk on the weekends, you know, after like counting down from Monday to Friday till they get to the weekend? It's because they, they feel suppressed. And then when they have the opportunity, they, they explode. It's like I've got all this built up energy, this pent up. If you had a better balance in your life, that wouldn't happen as often or maybe wouldn't happen. And then, of course, you got your phone, your apps, you're, you know, always listening to something, always calling some, someone you can't drive home without being on the phone to them, like just constantly, you know. So pay attention to that and see where can I eliminate this and where can I start to just listen to what it is that I'm feeling, okay? So that is pretty much my few tips on how to not be living, not be getting used to a life that you don't want and not sitting there and just accepting it, but instead doing something about it and how you can, you know, move forward and start to feel better. Anyway, good times. That is the episode of today. I do have a listener question, so stay tuned for the listener question. You have one unheard message. Hi, Alexis. I've struggled with setting healthy boundaries for myself my whole life, which has led me to end up in a lot of toxic friendships where I find myself bending over backwards to make others happy, only to have them snap and get upset with me when I do say no. I thought I had let all of my toxic friends go, but I think I may have been wrong. My good friend just moved to my city after breaking up with her boyfriend. I was excited because I used to travel to visit her and we always had such a great time. Unfortunately, it feels like something has changed. I've made a lot of time to see her despite having a very demanding work schedule and being in school, but she says it isn't enough. I've taken her to run errands, helped her in multiple emergencies, and her family has even thanked me for being such a great friend in her time of need. We've gone for spa days, hikes, and dinners, but each time I get a long guilt trip about how the time I'm making is not enough, and she tells me that I used to be way more chill and that I used to have more time for her. The final straw was when she told me I was a bad friend for not going out for drinks when I had class the next morning. She said I was rude for cutting the night short, even though her other friends still went out with her. If she's been like this the whole friendship, maybe she is right and I was more chill and just didn't notice. Or, didn't, or did something happen to make her more dependent on her friends like her breakup? Either way, saying yes to everyone all the time leaves me drained. My other friends are incredibly understanding and supportive, but I feel like saying no to this friend simply is not an option in her mind. I've gone about a month, no contact now. I ignore all of her texts that come in and I'm not sure how to move forward. Thanks. Okay. Thank you for writing that down, writing that to me. I feel like this one's pretty, I, I, w I would imagine this one's pretty straightforward. So what I would do is I would write to her. And I would basically say, you know, obviously we haven't spoken for a month, you know, and obviously you do value this friendship because there's no way you would have written to me if you were like, see ya cunt, like you are out of my life, bye, it's been a month, I'm loving life. You obviously 
feel like maybe something can be rescued here because of course there's always the option of not having her in your life. You are entitled to choose who you want to have in your life and if someone doesn't treat you right, they don't have access to you whenever they want. That's up to you to allow that access. So if that's the case, then if you feel that you do want her in your life, then what I would do is I would write her a letter. You can do this in a text, an email, whatever you would normally communicate. I mean, email sounds a bit like archaic, but anyway, however you want to communicate, but it's better written down, I think, because it gives the person time to process what you're saying privately. They have their reactions, how they want to react, and then they probably, hopefully, will process it more logically before they respond. That's why I think written is like a really good way of communicating everything. And then, of course, you don't get caught up and cut off. You get to say everything you want to say. What I would say, because maybe you haven't said this to her in the past, is two things. Number one, Tell her that you value the friendship and that you don't want it to end. That, that would be your ideal. But also, number two, that in order for the friendship to move forward, this is what it's going to have to look like from your end. She's welcome to come in and, and say, well, this is what it's got to look like from my end. And then you either negotiate or you part ways. But I think it's important that you say, I do respect you. I do miss you. I do like open with something warm and gentle. So she's more willing to be emotionally open to what you have to say. And then you're going to go in and say two things. You've accused me of changing. whether. Whether we agree on that change or not, one thing that is for sure is that my circumstances and who I am for sure would have changed. I'm evolving, I'm maturing, I'm growing, I'm going to school, I'm busier. So for sure I have changed. And to accuse someone of changing is to accuse someone of being a human. It's inevitable. You can't help it. Change is going to happen. So what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Move back home and fucking never, like, fuck off. But don't say that in the letter. I'm just here blowing up on your behalf. But pretty much just say, I know you've accused me of change, but change is inevitable. And that's something that, you know, as life goes on, we're going to evolve many different times. I am a lot busier than I used to be. I am whatever. And I love the life that I'm living. I'm really happy with what I'm doing. I'm happy with my progress. I'm happy with my achievements. I'm happy with my friends. Okay. Then the next thing you're going to say, as a friend, this is what I'm capable of offering. Bang, 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 bang. But I also want friends who understand where my limits are, when I need to take a rest, when I need to take a break. A friend that doesn't see these limits is, to me, not a good enough friend. And that's a fair call to make. Because if I was going out with my friends and I'm like, guys, I'm really tired, I need to call it. And they're like, you're a bad friend. I'd be like, honestly, fucking have a good night. See ya. What do you mean a bad friend? Mind-blowing. That's just a guilt trip. That's obviously a manipulation tactic. If she actually thought you were a bad friend, do you think she'd be hanging out with you? If she thought you were trash, do you think she'd be wanting more of your time? You are easy to manipulate. You're like, she's a fucking easy target. I enjoy hanging out with her because it either A, makes my life easy or B, I just like her company. So voila, all I have to do is just say these things and she bends over backwards for me. No more. So say, this is what I am willing to give. However, this is where I draw the line. I also expect my friends to understand when, I, when I'm stretched to my capacity and I can't do it anymore and friendships go both ways. So if you would like to continue hanging out, let's catch up this week for dinner or whatever. If not, I respect that. Honestly, all the best. That's what I would do. Because if you haven't had contact for a month, your only option now is to be completely transparent and you lay all the cards on the table. That's my advice. Epic. Thank you so much for listening. 
Um, that is all for today. If you do want to send in your listener questions, just email info at dyfmpod.com and Shania and I will go through them all and, yeah, good times. Also, just a quick shout out to my global beans. Um, hello to my beans in Colombia. I might have already done a Colombian one recently because I met a Colombian bean. So my Colombian beans and my Mexican beans, Mexican jumping beans. Anyway, um, love you all so much. As always, please remember, be kind to yourself, be kind to your brain. Don't take shit from anyone and especially don't take shit from yourself. Danke. Listener.